Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, thanks but no pranks. Patrick and Wyatt are housemates, and their shared house was caught up in a prank war. Neighbors from each house on their street pulled pranks on one another until one final act put Wyatt over the edge, and he took to social media to put a stop to the practical jokes. Patrick thinks Wyatt overreacted and alienated their housemates in a small community. Who's right and who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. We walked all over San Francisco with our tape recorder. We loved to go into funeral parlors and make appointments to see the mortician. We'd spin out this tale that Jim had had an unhappy life. Things hadn't really worked out well. He felt that if he could have a complete funeral service, the ceremony in the chapel, the burial, and then we dug him out of the ground, he could begin life again. It would be like a renewal experience. We asked what they would charge for this service. Of course, we would always steam ahead in describing what we wanted because we loved to spin out this fantasy. And we always found that these guys were so straight. Like we'd tell them there would only be a few friends present, but there would also be a few animals in attendance. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'd stop and wait for them to ask, what kind of animals? And Jim and I would always compete for the more rarefied species. There would always be one wolverine. (laughs) Jesse, swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. Uh, Yes, me too. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that the only prank he's ever participated in is the time he disassembled the Pope Mobile and reassembled it one piece at a time on the roof of the Vatican? Yes, I swear. Very well, Judge Hodgman. Thank you, Bailiff Jesse. You may be seated. Patrick and Wyatt, for an immediate summary judgment, can either one of you name the specific piece of culture that I paraphrased as I entered the courtroom? I cannot. No. Uh, Bailiff Jesse Thorne, can you name it? That sounded like my good friend Mal Sharp of Coil and Sharp describing their man on the street put-ons in the 1960s. The, The famous prankster Mal Sharp interviewed in the famous book on pranks, Pranks! Exclamation point. By, By research. Oh, Bailiff Jesse, immediate, immediate summary judgment in your favor, sir. Well, thanks very much for joining us, guys. We're going we're gonna to call it quits now. I won for once. <laughs> uh, no, you guys have a fight with each other over pranks. Who is brings this complaint before this court? Uh, I do. And who are you? Uh, this is Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Or is it, is it actually Wyatt and you're playing a joke on me? <laughs> no, it's Patrick. Maybe you're just one dude with a ventriloquist dummy in a basement somewhere. I'm Wyatt. <laughs> you sound the same. Patrick, what is the yes. problem? Um, okay, so some of our neighbors started a prank war and, and uh, pranked a different house. But then later on the Internet, they included us, said, you know, we're doing this prank war. So we got in and me and my other roommate, Brandon, and, our, and one of our other neighbors got into it. We're pranking two other houses regularly doing it. I mean, we were doing it almost every day for about a week, hoping that they would retaliate. Finally, they did. Oh, go ahead. Let me just stop you there because you're saying uh, we all started a prank war and you're presuming that everyone in the world knows what a prank war is. But let me just explain to you that not everyone is a college student. (laughs) So what is a prank? What does the prank war mean? You started a prank war with, first of all, what is your age? Uh, 23. Okay, 23. You're no longer a college student, but you're living life no. as a college student because you are 23 years old. That's what you do. And where do you live? <laughs> yep. uh, Athens, Georgia. In Athens, Georgia? A college town. Did you go Did you yep. go to college there? I did not. Okay. Well, 
what's going on? Do you like music? Uh, yeah, I'm a musician. You're a musician. All right. So you're so did so you didn't go to college at all? No. All right. And uh, and Wyatt is your roommate or or a, a neighbor? What what is the relationship between the two of you? He's a roommate. All right. And so you live in a house in Athens, Georgia, where living is easy and REM is on the stereo and everyone's got plenty of time <laughs> to play guitars and have prank wars with each other, right? Yep. And therefore, uh, you decided to have a prank war with another house. Is that right? There were four houses in- involved altogether. Okay. So everyone's got time on their hands. And uh, the, you did you initiate the war? I did not. Our neighbor Derek did. And what was the initiate the initiating prank? Yeah, he he scraped up a huge uh, ball of dog hair and put it in a neighbor's mailbox. But not your mailbox. Not ours. So you just got prank blowback off of this and decided to jump in. They they invited us in. It was kind of the the shot heard around the world. It they put a whole thing out on the internet and we all got involved. So after the hairball heard around the world. Have you got heard around the world? You got involved. How? What did you uh, do just, to retaliate? Oh, um, we hit one of our neighbors' houses, and we started off. We put uh, flour all over a girl's car. All right. Yeah, it's referred to as antiquing. Excuse me. <laughs> it's it's referred to as antiquing is the the slang term for it. In 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 what subculture is? Is flowering someone's car is so prevalent that they've determined that there is a slang word for it called antiquing? Well, I mean, you have to distinguish it from cornstarching someone's car. (laughs) No, I understand. That's called a dusting. (laughs) I think it's from Jackass, actually, or like one of those videotapes those, you know, people were doing. And why is it called antiquing? I guess because it makes it look old, like it's dusty. Makes the car look old and dusty. All right. Coming from from film and television, I would say use a little Fuller's Earth. That's the way to to really antique a thing. <laughs> All right, so you put so you antiqued this poor girl's car. What was she? What what kind of car? Uh, it was a pickup truck. Weirdly, it was a Model T. What? No, it was just an old pickup truck. <laughs> okay, and uh, and uh, and then and she and why did you pick on her? Was she in the house that did, that hairballed you? No, she was in the house that got hairballed. But they're the ones who posted saying that prank war is on, and then. Included us by name. This is total prank war chaos. Like, yeah, pretty much. There's not even that's not even retaliation. Someone hairballed this poor girl. <laughs> then you decide you're going to antique her car. Have you have you been hit at all? Are you just a sniper picking targets of opportunity? We had not been hit at this time, but our neighbor who did the initial hairball got involved with us. So all of us were pretty much we were pranking this one girl. And then one other neighbor over and over waiting for retaliation. Was your goal a preemptive strike in order to create shock and awe? Essentially. Did you claim responsibility for the antiquing of her pickup truck? Oh, yeah. All right. And and have you been hit since? Because God knows you deserve it. We finally got hit back. They put uh, baby oil and glitter on our porch so that baby oil would make it harder to clean the glitter off. That's one of the many uses of baby oil, actually. It makes it hard to <laughs> yeah. clean glitter off. But then Wyatt got upset about it. I couldn't clean it up because I was late for work, but I was planning to clean it up as soon as whoa, I got Whoa, 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 wait a minute, Wyatt. sir. Wait a minute. Are you telling me you have a job? Because I do this have a is, job. you do not fit the profile. <laughs> I have two jobs. What are your two jobs? I work in a I bike work. shop and a vegetarian restaurant. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. now it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, now that. I got it right. Okay. <laughs> 
Wyatt, may I presume you work in a, a used vinyl record store? And, <laughs> I wish. And, and I also wish. A, dispen- a dispensary? A, a college textbook store. Uh-huh. Okay. And what is your age? I'm also 23. Did you go to college? Uh, I went to college for a year and All dropped right. out. Are you, an, are you a musician in Athens as well? Uh, I am. I'm. Me and Patrick live together because we're in a band together. Patrick and I live together because you were in a band together. I'm putting my me foot down. Patrick. I'm putting down. No, I'm putting my foot down. I am obviously not in a band with him. But nor is me and Patrick. Patrick and I, Patrick and I. Thank you, Judge Hodgman. We is all of a band together. Don't you get started? I hear you saying me and Jordan do stuff all the time. Me and Jordan do do stuff all the time. You just said doo doo. <laughs> I just pranked you into saying doo doo. Everybody, burn. I'm sorry. I just I just got to put my foot down on that. I'm tired. I'm tired. This uh, this me and thing is getting very very common. And language is a and language is a living thing. And pretty soon it's no longer even going to be a rule that you have to say Jordan and I do 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 all the time. Yeah. And where would be where would we be without those rules? Well, I know. Then, then I then once I'll tell you where once, me and Jordan would once be. that rule goes away, that's one less that's one less opportunity for me to be an annoying pedant. So, <laughs> all right, Wyatt, you and Patrick are in a band together. Yes, and you have gone on this podcast to uh, buzz market your band. There is no prank war that's actually happening. This is all been, <laughs> this is the prank. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely no. There was definitely a prank war that happened. All right, then, since I believe you, tell me quickly the name of your band. Our band is called Werewolves. Werewolves? That's a good band name. That is a really good band How name. could there not have been Thank a werewolves you. before? There's There are several werewolves, uh, but all of them have <laughs> – They're all in All London. the other ones have stopped playing now. Now, your band we're sounds – like the last remaining one. Right. Your band sounds cool. <laughs> if your band were a really twee indie band, it would be called – there are several werewolves. That would be the name of the band. But since you're cool, it's just called we werewolves. Are kind of band. Because of these werewolves, the werewolves in London had to change their band name to Werewolves UK. <laughs> when we go on, originally when we went on tour to distinguish ourselves, we would put Werewolves Y'all on all of our stuff because we're from Georgia. Yeah, Werewolves Y'all. I like that a lot. Oh, thank you. What kind of ba- what kind of music do you play? Prank music. We are typically described as indie pop or folk punk. Okay. So funk, funk, funk music. Funk music. Yeah. All right. Do you usually tour with other lycanthropic acts? Uh, No. (laughs) Jesse, they didn't go to college. They don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Sorry. I know what lycanthropy means. I played Dungeons and Dragons a lot, so I remember what that word means. Now, are the other are the people in these other houses with the prank war? Are they in different bands? Is this an inter band? Bands. Boy, oh boy, life is easy in Athens, Georgia, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. It's awesome. So, okay, so have you been hit? Has has House Werewolf been hit? Yeah, we got hit with the glitter and the baby oil. And right. then what happened oh, was me, Wyatt right. got upset and right. went online and posted that next time someone pranks us, he's going to throw a brick through their window. Whoa, Wyatt. So then that basically meant prank wars off. Wow. <laughs> because Wyatt does not make idle threats, I take it? I guess not. Wyatt. Most of my threats are idle, though. I don't really <laughs> – I don't think I've ever – I think you could probably be arrested just for putting that on the internet. Wyatt, what was the problem with the baby – like describe to me the baby glitter and or the baby glitter – <laughs> the baby oil and the glitter. What was the problem? Like, I had what, gotten baby, up and was, there was glitter 
and baby oil at all the entrances and exits to the house. So by going outside, I had been like tracking it in the house and stuff uh-huh. and then ended up cleaning it up. And, uh, I got on Facebook and please don't say that. Oh, so sorry. you got on you a can, social network. Uh, I got on a, a, social a popular social media platform right. and, uh, alerted all the friends and stuff that were participating in the prank war that, I wasn't playing and that I had jokingly said that my prank in retaliation would be, I didn't say anything about a, throwing a brick. Actually, I just said breaking windows and then everyone stopped doing pranks after that. Okay. You guys both have to admit that breaking windows is a pretty funny prank. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to uh, like pontificate in my defense, but uh, I feel like it's worth pointing out it. that, the most the people I tagged and was responding to are people that I've known for a long time and realized that I obviously would not actually break anyone's windows. My, and like my interpretation of it, and I and I realize that it kind of sounds bad now that we're talking about it this way, but I was trying to be da da and overreact in a way, but insist that I wasn't over. Like my 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 thing was that I kept insisting that it was a prank and that I was playing the prank war. So I, your argument, your argument you know, is, I your argument just is kept that, saying, you know, I'm playing the prank war to win. And, and then I said, obviously, I'm winning the prank war because everyone's so afraid of my prank that they aren't doing pranks anymore. So I was doing a social performance that I meant to be a commentary uh, on the concept of a prank war. Oh, Wyatt, do you do you want to lose this case? <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be on the show either way. <laughs> Because, because you know, when you said, can I pontificate, there's nothing I like more than a 23-year-old taking a righteous stance on something. <laughs> but then you had to start referencing Dadaism, and I, I, I don't know if I can stand for that. As soon as he said he was going to take a righteous stance, I was crossing my fingers like, ooh, I hope it's about the nature of art. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a prank war is a prank war, but now you're trying to convince me that this is all some kind of prolonged performance art piece? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> that your threat of physical harm to your friend's property was actually – was not a threat, was not just you going full werewolf but was in fact <laughs> a considered meta prank of its own? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, OK. And and so it, prank war, Patrick, is not going on anymore? No, it's not. Because you're, you're all you terrified know, of why it was done. Because of that. I mean, it was that killed it. It was basically if someone had a problem with the prank war, it's over. He was the first one who had a problem and kind of spoiled everyone's fun. Look, I haven't been in a lot of prank wars, but I would think the whole point is to prank until someone says, come on, guys, stop it. And then you double down and double prank that person. <laughs> that's when you that's, yeah, that's when you throw I, a I bag over someone's head and drive them that, into the but it country. never happened. I think they're afraid of the the window getting smashed. Is why does now Patrick can I talk to you privately? Do you need help is Wyatt an abusive person? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not abusive. Mm-hmm. He's and the, the thing is everyone knows him and knows he's not actually going to break a window. Right. But it definitely was what, a serious kind of swipe to the prank war. What 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 instrument do you play in in your band, Wyatt? Me? Oh, I play the banjo. Well, you're, and not, you're, you're definitely not going to be breaking any windows then. That's that's for sure. <laughs> if, you, if you told me you were the bass player, then I would say, Patrick, move out immediately. So if Prank War is over, what do you need me to rule on here? Who won? No, I want to – I would like to continue the Prank War without fear of Wyatt getting upset and making 
threats or anything like that. I'd like the prank war was fun. I want to see it keep going. And do you feel that your your neighbors are in agreement? Oh yeah, I mean, we still like if we we go out and we see anyone, we still talk about it and reminisce. <laughs> reminisce. Oh right, because you're 23 years old, you can reminisce over things that happened two weeks ago. Uh, yeah. But let me ask you this: Do you have a great prank planned? Oh yeah, I mean, after we got the glitter on our porch, I even I went to work and on the way home stopped at a craft store and bought even more glitter, and I was going to hit them back twice as hard. But then I come home and find that the prank war is over. Wait a minute. So your answer to glitter was double glitter? Boo, double glitter. And boo, I have it. I still boo, have it all. Boo, it's just sitting boo, there in bags. Boo, 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 uh, Excuse me. Bailiff Jesse, I will have order. Shut your boo hole. <laughs> double um, glitter. You're going to have to sell me on it. Like, you know, because right now prank war involves basically putting substances onto or into other substances. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, some of our pranks were pretty good. There was one we yeah, wrapped what were a some of the car other ones? completely in saran wrap several times so you couldn't open the doors. Was it saran then, wrap or, or, or press and seal? I don't even. Probably just cling wrap. Wow. The press and seal would have been more expensive, but I, I like it better. Go on. Yeah, it would have. And then we like put uh, Crisco under doorknobs and on door handles, mm-hmm. uh, toilet, toilet papering trees, just, you know, classics. Oh, by the way, who cleans up the toilet paper in the trees? Squirrels. Yeah. What? Birds make nests out of them? <laughs> Squirrels. They make nests, yeah. That's their I've house. Heard. Is that true? Squirrels live in trees, yeah. No. But, I mean, if you TP someone's house or trees, does that just stick around? Because this is a college town. Does that just stick around for five months looking terrible? No, they cleaned it up. Who cleaned it up? The squirrels? Yeah. The people who live there. I'm not asking you, Jesse. I'm asking Squirrels Patrick. are technically people, but you're right. Yes. So TPing, Crisco-ing. Glittering. I got to say, so far, the only thing, the most imagination I've, I feel has gone into this prank war was giant hairball and then maybe combining glitter and baby oil. Two pedestrian <laughs> pranks combined into one slightly less pedestrian prank. Patrick, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, most you, of these pranks were – it wasn't like we spent a lot of time planning. It would usually be sitting on the porch at 2 or 3 in the morning and then just, right. oh, let's go prank them and then <laughs> pick up whatever we had in the house. I'm going to tell you right now, Patrick – you're going to have to really sell me on a good prank if I'm going to find in your favor. And I'm not saying I will find in your favor, but I want you to now go <laughs> to the other side of the room and I want you to spend a couple minutes just coming up with a good prank, a good prank. All right. And okay. don't just look around your house and just because your house is full of glitter and baby oil, right. say that that's <laughs> what the prank should be. It's not just – some kind of prank that is not just pouring or smearing, okay? <laughs> All right. All right. Wyatt, how are you going to feel if this prank war gets going again? I'd be excited. I mean, I have. Wait a minute, who am I speaking? We to had now? a lot more. This is Patrick. Patrick, we had go, a lot what more are you ta- why are you talking to me? You're supposed to be thinking about things you can disassemble and reassemble on a roof. Go, 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 okay. go! Brainstorm up a prank. Do some blue sky pranking. Okay, I'm you talking to Wyatt to only now. Is that no Wyatt? Are you still there? Yeah. All right, Patrick, you go and think of a prank. Wyatt, you want the prank war to stop, right? Yes. Wait a minute. Are you just one guy? Wait. Is this the prank? Me? Wait. Oh, is Patrick supposed to go? Yeah. To another room? Okay. Yeah, that's why Judge Hodgman said like four or five times that he should go think of a prank. <laughs> okay. Who, is, who am I speaking right. to now? Wyatt. Are you sure? <laughs> go to another room. <laughs> I can't get him to leave. Oh, really? Okay. 
Okay. It's just me now. So Wyatt, if he comes yes. back with a really good prank, you, I think you can tell that I am inclined to to allow this prank war to go forward. That you will that you will get authoriz- that he will get authorization of force from the entire UN Prank Council. From, okay. From all the permanent members and non-permanent members. Right. Why are a bunch of simple pranks worse than you throwing a brick through someone's window? Well, there. I mean, I, it's now that they're worse, but. Uh, my my general feeling on prank wars is that the concept from the get go is like my conception of what's fun is what activity generally increases like the kind of like happiness or feel goodness of whoever's around. Right. Well, you're a and, banjo but, player. You would. But in a prank war, the whole point is like you know my enjoyment of a prank, the successfulness of a prank, kind of depends on making something not fun like a mess for someone to clean up. Or something like that, or maybe damaging something of somebody's. So I feel like, in general, just uh, you know, from the outset, the, the 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 concept of a prank war is uh, ill-conceived, and generally leads to like as you said, like every prank war. I feel like it's like let's start a prank war. Well, the way you know the way it's going to stop is eventually like one of your friends getting way too mad at you. So my idea was to like head it off at the pass by being extra crazy in a theatrical way enough to kind of make myself look stupid, but at the same time, like illustrate this point of like that crazy guy who gets, cause I was doing it as if I was, no, no, so no. In, first of all, like, I was first doing of all, it as if I, I understand, was participating I in the right, prank why, war. Why, first of all, I, I understand that you believe that, that you were doing some kind of weird meta prank, but threatening, <laughs> th- threatening violence on, on Facebook is not a prank that actually might be a felony. And second, uh, uh, next time, you don't have to say successfulness. You can just say success. But third, I do think that your heart is in the right place because a prank war is, is a war of mutually assured destruction. I mean it is, it is only an escalatory war and will end with uh, good feelings turning to bad feelings. So I, I do see – I do think that, uh, that your argument is a good one. You don't need to undermine it with a bunch of Dadaist pretension, OK? <laughs> Is Patrick okay. ready yet? Did he come back with I'm his back. prank? Yeah, he's I, ready. I got my prank and I forgot there was one I played where I did an advertisement for a lightly used breast pump and put it on Craigslist and included one of the prank participants' phone numbers. And she got a bunch of phone calls and emails. All right. That's pretty good. Um, but my good prank that I just thought of is she has a pickup truck and I was going to fill the back with fake blood and rubber body parts. That does the sound like pouring play. and smearing, but with a ch- with a chunky aspect of fake body parts. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And now, hang on a second. It, it, is it, it that all of your shock. female? Is it that all of your female friends have pickup trucks, or is this the same woman? No, it's this one. Truck you this one neighbor. Okay. Will you guys just like kiss and get it over with? Because I am tired about hearing about your weird <laughs> crush on this girl. <laughs> no, I have a girlfriend. Uh huh. All right. Uh, all right. I think I know everything I need to make my decision. I'm going to go into my uh, chambers and I'll be back in a moment. Wyatt, how are you feeling right now? Pretty okay. I don't know. <laughs> Patrick. I'm, I'm hopeful. I think, I think I got this in the bag. You know, one great prank I pulled is me and Woody... And Norm and Cliff 
went down to Gary's Old Time Tavern. And, oh, wait a minute. That's just an episode of Cheers I saw. Anyway, the moral of the story is these things never end up happy. No, but they are fun. Yeah, especially when Sam's around. Everything's fun when Sam's around. Well, guys, we'll see how this one turns out. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Oh, hi, it's me, Ira Glass. No, I was just wearing an Ira Glass mask. <laughs> it's just me, Judge John Hodgman. You got me, though. You got yeah, me. Yeah. I had Ira getting here, yeah, but yeah. it's just you, Judge Hodgman. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. Wyatt is absolutely right. These sorts of uh, prank wars only lead to prank tears and then to real tears. And if you are going to go down this road, um, you have to appreciate that people's feelings and property can actually be hurt uh, and that they will uh, be mad at you for a while or you at them. You may lose the prank war. And that's why I say if you're going to do it at all, the pranks have to be pretty good. They have to justify the hurt feelings and hardship that you are going to cause your very good friends. They have to be imaginative. They have to be funny. Even the person who is pranked has to appreciate that something good happened or something creative happened at their expense, at their affectionate expense, and not just that they got a bunch of baby oil and glitter on their <laughs> truck or whatever. Saran wrapping someone's car, that's pretty good. I hope there were no dogs inside. <laughs> and uh, the breast milk, slightly used breast milk pump is pretty good, although you're having some fun at the expense of some pregnant ladies or new moms who don't have a lot of money, which is never a good position to be in. But Patrick, I gave you a chance to go back and really come up with something that was going to wow me. This would involve, as Jesse said, dis disassembling and reassembling something. It would involve removing all of the furniture from someone's house and switching it with your furniture. What else would it involve, Jesse? What would have gotten you? Taking the furniture and putting it on the ceiling. Taking the furniture and what, yeah. glue, gluing it to the ceiling. Uh, nails. You're going to have to use nails. Maybe screws. <laughs> yeah, you, might need, you, might, you might actually need some, some, walls, some wall anchors. Hey, how about this? You take a place that didn't used to have no pigs in it. But now there's pigs in there. You're talking about moving pigs into a non-pig area? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I like that. <laughs> uh, no, I actually don't. I, uh, I know you're just joking around. But don't you, terrorizing, terrorizing animals is not a good idea, I no, don't think. It's not a good no. idea. Um, I, I think like robot pigs. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, the, the whole point of a prank war is to amaze someone with your ingenuity uh, such that they do not hate you forever. Uh, even though they might be sad for a little while. And then to offer to help clean up would be the thing to do. And unfortunately, I think what, you're, what, what you've been uh, doing here is sort of uh, – it's, uh, it's ungentlemanly. It's against the rules of warfare as I, as I recognize them. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's below – it's beneath my contempt and that of this court. So I'm not finding in Wyatt's case because uh, Wyatt is uh, – uh, intrinsically correct. I am finding in Wyatt's favor because Patrick, uh, you need to up your game, and uh, and uh, I look forward to. Uh, I would I would revisit this case, 
uh, if you were to appeal by writing into the podcast again with some better ideas uh, or by <laughs> filling my entire office with cello. Either way, I would know you're ready <laughs> to undertake a prank war. But until then, I think you guys should just uh, play your, uh, your banjo-inflected uh, werewolf rock and enjoy uh, – find some other way to uh, pass your many, 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 many hours of free time both at home and at your non-jobs. So <laughs> this is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. Wyatt, how are you feeling? Um, pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I was just happy to be on the show. No, I know you seem really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at expressing happiness. Patrick, how are you doing? I'm bummed out. I, I didn't have enough time to think of a good prank. And even the prank war only went on for a week, and I had good ideas. I just don't remember them. Do you guys want to go on tour with my new band? We're called Drac and the Vamps. Uh, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yes! <laughs> yes! Thank you so much for coming on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, Patrick, what do you play in the band? I, I play drums. Yeah, nice. See? If you say you're going to throw something through the window, people are going to listen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, good. All right, good luck, guys. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura Frames. Hey, Mother's Day is coming up. Do you have a mom in your life that you'd like to celebrate? There are very few better ways than giving an Aura frame to someone you care about. These are beautifully Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos of your memories with your mom, stepmom, a mentor, friend, uh, whatever it is in your life who might enjoy seeing photos from your life. Aura frames are the way to go. Judge, there's a very special mom in my life, Ms. Teresa Thorne. Yes. Uh, that's my wife and also a, a whole human being in her own right. Guess what's guess what's on her bedside table? Yes, that's right. You guessed it in one, an aura frame. <laughs> what I love about the aura frame is you don't have to load a bunch of stuff onto an SD card or whatever, like with the old digital frames. It is so easy to get the pictures on there. So like when Teresa texts me a cute picture of one of our children or our dog, uh, or one of our siblings texts us a cute picture of one of them or one of their children. Uh, all I have to do is hit that share button on my phone and I can share it right to the frame and then it lives there for as long as I want. I can also take it off whenever I want, but I don't even have to open the Aura Frames app, which is a great app, but I don't right. even have to go there. It just goes straight into wherever I want it, uh, whichever frame I want, or I have multiple Aura Frames in my house or all of them. Uh, it is incredibly easy. That's why Wirecutter chose it as the best digital photo frame. That's why it's one of Oprah's favorite things. Uh, it is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use the code Hodgman 
at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Stitch Fix. You know that boost of confidence you get when you put on an outfit that just feels good? You know what that's like. That's what I get when I use Stitch Fix. With Stitch Fix, you get a human stylist, not AI. A human being who understands your style, size, and budget. They do all the shopping for you, and it's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season or any other. This professional stylist picks the clothes. They can either send you a box where anything you don't want is unbelievably easy to return, or they can make a little storefront for you just from stuff that they recommend for your taste and your body. Uh, it, It is an absolutely incredible service. They give you styling advice, outfit recommendations, the whole thing soup to nuts. And like I said, if you don't want it, if you don't like it, it is unfathomably easy to send it back. They give you an envelope that's big enough that has the postage and the labels on it. All you have to do is shove the thing in there, close it up and drop it off at your local mailing center. It is that easy. Can I also say the stuff that my stylist at Stitch Fix picks for me? I really like it. Like they know me and it's really terrific. Plus, if you've got small people in your life, sadly, my small people are now adults shopping for themselves. But if you've got little kids, it's a terrific way to to get togs for your kids. Style that makes you feel as you, as you want to look. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O. That's stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O. Stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O. Hi. This is Biz, and this is the final season of One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. This is going to be a year of celebrating all that makes this podcast and this community magical. I'm so glad that I found your podcast. I just cannot thank you enough for just being the voice of reason as I'm trying to figure all of this out. Thank you, and cheers to your incredible show and the vision you had to provide this space for all of us. This is still a show about life after giving life. And yes, there will be swears. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. And as always, you are doing a great job. All right, class, tomorrow's exam will cover the science of perfect pitch, the history of pride flags and speed running video games. Any questions? Ah, yes, you in the back. Uh, what is this? It's the podcast, Let's Learn Everything where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom. I study cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis. My name's Caroline, and I did my master's in biodiversity conservation, and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella. I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So do I still get credit for this? (laughs) No. (laughs) Obviously not. No. It's a podcast. (laughs) That was an intense case, Judge Hodgman. Look at this, Jesse. I can't believe this. Someone came into my chambers and vomited all over the place. Look at all these incredibly similar glossy pools of vomit that are about the size of a plastic baggie. Wait a minute. Oh, is this your petrified vomit? You were wondering why I'd been eating all that glitter. Well, that you means- just got burned, my friend. 
Well, that well that means that I have. Well, that means that there should be no problem with me stamping out this brown paper bag full of dog poop that's on fire. <laughs> well, here's something that's no prank. We've got a full docket, and it needs to be cleared. Let's clear it. Okay, Daniel writes, I've acted as co-host with several close friends at a pub quiz in Boulder, Colorado for a number of years. I take issue with my fellow hosts on list trivia. I define list trivia as any round that doesn't really need any creativity or thought put into it. Examples would be an entire round of state birds, celebrities' real names, rounds that are entirely true-false, or other forms of 50-50 guesses. My argument is that we not only sell a trivia night, but that we are selling engagement and entertainment, which is lacking in mere list trivia. I would like the judge to pass judgment on my cohorts to prevent them from creating list trivia in the future. Well, Jesse, as you know, at many a Max Fun Con, I have co-hosted a trivia evening uh, or afternoon with the uh, sketch group Elephant Larry. As my co-host, or with uh, the great uh, Chuck uh, Charles W. Chuck Bryant of the Stuff You Should Know podcast, and uh, we have a good time. And uh, look, I don't claim to be an expert, but the secret to a good trivia uh, contest, as far as I can tell, is texture. We have a certain amount of questions that are easy. We have a certain amount of questions that are um, figure outable uh, through logic. You have a certain amount of questions that are tricky, and then you have a certain amount of questions that are you just know it or you don't. And the reason, look, all of those are self-explanatory as to why they're fun to answer, but the you either know it or you don't questions are fun because you are playing on a team, and that way certain people on your team, you take advantage of their individual um, weird bits of knowledge that they've picked up over the years. So a list trivia where you're going to list state capitals or, or, uh, or state birds or whatever uh, I got to say that's fair game because uh, I would guess that if you're on a team of trivia players, um, most every one of them is from a state or Canadian province and therefore might have some knowledge about that state and that they can draw on. And that will be probably be evenly distributed throughout the entire crowd, for example. Uh, and so I think that it's absolutely fair game as long as that is only a part of the overall uh, tapestry of trivia that you are weaving. By the way, Jesse... In what movie did Sally Field say, you really like me? I guess we're going to have to wait until this next docket is cleared I'll, I'll to find you, out. I'll tell you after the next docket. Everyone write down their answers, unless you're driving, in which case think them really hard. Here's something from Lydia. I'm writing with a note to the recent episode, The Obligatory Name Drop. Judge Hodgman mentioned the origin of the nickname Skip, which can be given to a man named after his paternal grandfather, implying that the name skipped a generation. This is not a request for arbitration, but your last show reminded me of my dad's name and its story in a few ways. My dad's name is Robert Skip Skipworth Comer, Skipworth being his father's mother's maiden name. There's an interesting story to one of our ancestors named John Skipworth, or Skipwith. In 1879, John got into an argument with a neighbor over a dog. The matter ended up in court, where the neighbor repeatedly called Skipworth a liar, and Skipworth shot the man right there in court and then fled to Roswell, New Mexico. He then practiced medicine under an assumed name, started a new family, and became a cornerstone of the city. I saw that coming. 
In the name drop episode, the judge cited a case in which the state denied a felon's proposed name change, saying that they needed his original name to keep track of him. My ancestor Skipworth apparently didn't do anything else naughty about after killing a guy over a dog, then abandoning his family and fabricating a grandiose backstory in his new life. But it still serves the point. As another aside, my dad was called Skippy as a child, and he hated it so much that he never let me and my brother have Skippy brand peanut butter. I didn't try it until college. The end. <laughs> so that's just sort of a fun story. <laughs> All right, Jesse, in which movie did Sally Field say, you really like me? I give up, Judge mm-hmm. Hodgman. The answer is, she said it in Norma Ray. A lot of people thought she said it, in Places in the Heart, because it was when she was receiving an Oscar for that movie that she said in front of the world, you like me, you really like me, or words to that effect. But in fact, she was making a call back to her appearance in Norma Ray, and was not actually just being a weird narcissist. No one ever understood that about Sally Field, Jesse. <laughs> that was one of the best trivia questions I ever got in a pub trivia uh, uh, contest at the Sidecar in Brooklyn. And, uh, and to me, it, it is one of the exemplars of good trivia questioning. That's sort of a surprising twist. It's a, tri- it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Well, one where there are two potential answers. I would like to take this opportunity to thank The Cave and our engineer, Marcus, for hosting us for this podcast. Yes. Quick question. What four action figures does Marcus have? in the recording studio at the cave beneath the Cave in the Creek Comedy Club in Long Island City. Jesse, can you name them? You either know this or you don't. Jean-Luc Picard. Correct. Robocop. Correct. Nightmare Face. Close. And Blue Jeans. (laughs) Also close. (laughs) Nightmare Face, you are referring to Morpheus the King of Dreams from Neil Gaiman's Sandman series. And Blue Jeans, I believe, is Preacher from the comic book Preacher. Is that Jesse, correct? Jesse Custer, absolutely. Oh, okay, there we go. So you got uh, two out of four. Well, what's this guy back here? Is that the Max? That's the... Whoa, Jesse. Whoa. <laughs> That's fantastic. I know my liquid television, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much, uh, guest engineer Marcus, for having us by your, your weird little cave down here. You're welcome. Thanks for coming by. The uh, CaveComedyRadio.com. Yes. That's right. Just CaveComedyRadio.com. CaveComedyRadio.com. Com. Not- Just cavecomedyradio.com. <laughs> so not only is there the Cave in the Creek Comedy Club and Mexican restaurant here in Long Island City. But California also, style. Also beneath there is, uh, there is this little room where Marcus lives with his weird toys and his horse skulls <laughs> and, uh, and produces Cave Comedy Radio, uh, a podcast network uh, featuring all sorts of shows, right? That's actually a fully wearable helm up there made out of a horse skull, ca- cow jawbones, and a uh, cow pelvis that you can put over your head. Well, I will be sure to come back and see you after civilization collapses and I need to be intimidating to other people. Ladies and gentlemen, Marcus, the bad guy from the movie Dragnet starring Tom Hanks. Pagans forever. Well, (laughs) that's about all the time we have this week on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. 
You can find John Hodgman online at areasofmyexpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.